Uh, good afternoon. I'd like to start off by thanking all of you out there uh, who have called and written letters about the safety of the first family. You'll be happy to know that Michelle, Sasha, Malia, myself, and Bo are all fine. Don't nobody care about you, man. Tell us everything will be okay for us. Everything is going to be okay for us. We are currently in our very own super-secret underground bunker with enough food and water and entertainment to last several lifetimes. But I'm here tonight to talk about you. In times of crisis, Americans pull together. And what's going to get us through this difficult time? Sharing. Sharing? Lending a helping hand to a neighbor in their hour of need. No, fuck a neighbor. What we need is a cure. Unfortunately, there is no cure for the pandemic we now face. But we do have an even more powerful weapon. Compassion for our fellow man. No, fuck compassion for our fellow man. In conclusion, I want to say that we are all in for some tough times ahead. And when I say we, I mean you. But Michelle, Sasha, Malia, myself, and Bo are going to be right here, rooting for you all the way. Good night, and God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. We all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we all going to die. <laughs> Boondocks podcast, y'all. When a fast food promotion crosses with a plague of biblical proportions, society spins out of control faster than you can say white meat only. Will Huey Freeman's elaborate end of the world survival plan stand up to the ultimate test? Oh, no, that's not the latest news. That's the synopsis of today's <laughs> episode. Season three, episode 13, The Fried Chicken Flu. But before we get into all of this eerily prophetic <laughs> real world shit, how y'all living? You're so witty. Right? I love that. I love that. We are great, despite good. the description that you just provided. Right. Yeah, this episode definitely hits a totally different than it did 15 Isn't years ago. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like, once again, is Aaron Magruder a sorcerer? Like he is something. He's from Middle Earth, whatever. I don't know. He's like, how? Sauron Magruder? <laughs> <laughs> something. Maybe he was basing bird flu was it hadn't even happened at this time. Or swine like, flu um, was what like, this was. So swine flu, it, it killed a whole lot of people, but it didn't, it wasn't as bad in the US as everyone predicted. So that's what this was. But What's crazy to me, though, and I'll talk about it when we get to clips and stuff, mm -hmm. is that the tie to the chicken, like right. before the pandemic, mm -hmm. all this Chick-fil-A and Popeye's chicken mm -hmm. riots, fights, guns mm -hmm. pulled, stabbing mm -hmm. was going down. And it's what the fuck? Who right. makes that connection? Yeah. I mean, it's, and this is the second episode that you can relate to, like the Popeye's chicken. Mm -hmm. I this episode. That relates related to it as well. People were just like, it was like a drug to people. But then this one involved the violence and, and of course, the pandemic. That is a very good chicken sandwich. <laughs> people, I'll take your word it for fire. it. <laughs> but people were going bananas. And I wonder if 
there had been a sickness or illness tied to it if people would have just continued to go and ignored it just like they did and said, uh, you know, virus, coronavirus was made up and all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, people would have just been so thirsty for it. Or yeah, it's just interesting to me. I know we'll get into it, but just the psychology behind it. Was it because they wanted to be a part of? Was it really because it was like addictive? Was it, what was it about it? So, Yeah, that's a, that's a really good, that's a really good, question the what i find really what really nags at me on this is not just how the pandemic was predicted and how the chicken wars were predicted but just little things like how the president reacted to it and mm-hmm. i don't mean little it but obama in real life wouldn't have been anything like that because no. he's he, that's not who he is but that's essentially what trump did like mm-hmm. he didn't care enough about his family to stay secluded and stay safe but he was just like, whatever, I'll be fine. You'll be fine. God bless America. Like yeah, that. I don't think Obama would have ever said, we are in a bunker. We are good. Right. We are. I don't think he ever would have said that, even that if flippant. that's where he was. <laughs> right, right. I don't think he would have said that. You know, he would have I, kept he, the airs on. He has a much quicker tongue than that. Mm-hmm. So I think he would have you know, spun the words a little bit. And like you said, Trump was very braggadocious about what he wasn't going to do. And then when he did get it, oh, let's go ahead and drink bleach. And then all the other crazy shit he was saying, but. You know, which was only offered to yep. a few privileged people. Yeah. Yeah. It, I was telling Dean that I didn't even write down a whole lot of, like, usually I have five million things written down in the margins of everything. But it was just, every time I watched this episode, it was just, okay, that came true. That's really close to what happened in real life when that happened. Oh, yeah. And, and then that... <laughs> over and over and over again all the way down to like the neighborhood militia coming because you're hoarding goods <laughs> come on Led who predicted that that you're hoarding fucking toilet paper we should start the episode <laughs> I feel like we're just all getting our talking points but no there will be a lot more of that i'm sure yes <laughs> but how are you guys really though i feel I don't talk to anybody outside of you guys anymore, it feels like, so. <laughs> I've been really busy. Well, hubby was sick, so. Right, right. And he's doing better now, yeah? And I was like, great, after I've slept with you every night. Mm-hmm. So I keep trying to tell myself my throat was itchy today, but I'd also done five hours of talking. And I'll I had to tell myself, you do not have it. You do not have strep throat. You're good. Um, but he's much better now. He went back to work. Good. That was his keys that you heard. He was picking up his keys to leave. No, so yeah, he's going back to work. Boys are well. They're very excited about the short week that they have. And then they begin Thanksgiving break. Have they gotten, can't believe gotten their vaccines yet? Ja- uh, Deuce already, uh, you know, 12, 13-year-old. Mm-hmm. He would look at me so crazy if you heard me say 12. <laughs> he's already been fully vaccinated. Awesome. Jackson just got, you know, he got the ability to. So our insurance and Sutter and his doctor, they'll send out a notification when he can come in. But I told Hubby we should just probably find some place that is just doing the vaccinations and just do it. I was going to say, like, really I don't know what California is like, but here you can just walk into places now. Yeah, because we had ours through. So Hubby's school, the, the charter school system actually referred us to where we were able to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the pharmacy school that's out here. That's where a lot of people was. Northridge Pharmacy School or something like that. But I don't know if they're doing it there because I don't know if people are just being a little bit more cautious because of the age group and so at least here in california maybe i think they're saying go to towards your regular health care provider that makes sense um so that may be it but 
Jackson is ready, okay? He's not excited about the needles, but he's, I need to be vaxxed. And it's so funny that he says that, not vaccinated. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's but. the one thing that I am seeing everywhere is just this, like, overwhelm of kids who are like, this shit is scary, but I'm going to do it. Like, and little kids, like kindergartners who are like, I'm brave enough to get my vaccine. <laughs> Like shit. They're sponges and like yeah. they're even more we I think every generation says the one after you and your children are so much more smarter, but with technology they are. Mm-hmm. And they're a lot more astute. And I don't think we give them enough credit anyway as children for how smart they are. But these they listen and they're absorbing and they had nothing but time to absorb over the last two years. You know, so especially with being at home. With parents that were like, hey, have all the screen time you want. And the last two years, a lot of kids, that's like their entire memory is in the pandemic. So. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. No, for sure. I definitely agree. I, and being that I'm aware of that, that's why I made sure to be talk about it more with the kids and make sure that they weren't getting any residual effects or anything that was detrimental to their um, development. And once we saw that within Jackson, once his boy was like, I'm doing work, but he was not, he'd have you uh, not alone or whatever game he was playing at that time or whatever mm-hmm. roblox up on the other screen mm-hmm. and he was just not caring anymore we were like nope you need to go back that's when we made the decision for him to go back hybrid those two days a week four hours great that's exactly what he needed and being back full-time this year he's doing great so there are some kids came out of the, the pandemic there. like much more willing to and Let me just preface what I'm saying with every teacher I know is like ready to walk out the door. Like they're almost every, I should say. And the ones who aren't still have some faith in the system. And I'm very proud of them for that. (laughs) Um, At least up here, it's like shit is falling apart. There are all kinds of anonymous blog posts being made by teachers saying that the despair is real and that like entire buildings are ready to quit. And like, but on the other hand, you've got some kids who really are almost thriving now because of the break it like changed their perspective on school mm-hmm. so it's such a hard such a hard balance make them appreciate it you know yeah absence yeah you know absence of the heart girls <laughs> who knew that, that would relate to <laughs> right? children and their education but it's crazy that you say that because there's this big exodus of people from like fast food mm-hmm. and service jobs like call centers and things like that like there are people are like i'm offering 25 dollars an hour for what should be a 15 dollars an hour job i think that's also what you're seeing in education which yeah. i think is going to cause a a change and a much necessary change our system is very antiquated so. our system is it is not designed to value anything that traditionally is a woman's thing and like teaching like the amount of money that I made as a teacher was a sh- was shameful, honestly. Like I, that's what I'm saying. Like and you guys should be getting, I was high you guys paid. <laughs> unsung heroes. You guys are helping people, helping children in their most developmental, influential time in their life. Mm-hmm. So, you you guys get great benefits and things like that. Like I rented a car today because hubby's a teacher, and I was like, ooh, we are never renting through my little point system ever again. <laughs> so there's some great things that happen, but it should allow for the educators to get that same satisfaction and quality out of their life and that change that they want to make. It shouldn't be so many obstacles and things that are allowing that, that dissension Mm -hmm. between an educator that's passionate and then one who ends up going, I'm just going to do this until I have tenure. So it's interesting that you said that because I was thinking earlier, like is education the next big 
exodus that we're going to see. And this is going to be a time, I think, in history that it's going to define us and really allow people to, I think, change their pursuit of, of, of careers. Yeah. I think people are going to be more focused on doing what they're passionate about more than what provides a false livelihood that you're not really happy in anyway. Yeah, there's been a lot of a lot of news articles. Not and I I don't. It's not just like one spot, but like teachers literally walking out in the middle of class over all kinds of things. I I know in the Seattle school district, I know more than I do anywhere else, obviously. But it's so bad here. The Friday these kids are huge too. Right, huge. So the Friday after Veterans Day, when the calendar for the school district was first put out back at the end of last year, had it as a four day weekend. And then they changed it so that Friday was an in-school day. Well, a lot of teachers had made plans for that. And also, fuck you and come back for one day. What the hell am I going to do? So a lot of teachers put in for subs. Problem is, Seattle School District has very few subs because they refuse to pay a substitute teacher above $25 an hour, no matter how qualified or like how many years or what. Like, that's the top pay for a sub in Seattle. And I'm sorry, I wouldn't babysit for $25. I would not babysit a single child for $25 right now, an hour right now, let alone teach a class. So when there were over 600 teachers in the school district that took a single day off, the district just decided to call the school day and at first tried to say, we'll make up for it in June with one of our snow days. And then when the teachers were like, bitch, this isn't our fault that you that this happened. You're the ones not doing what you need to do. The district decided to, they did decide to back walk back there having an extra day, but they decided to throw it all on teachers and say that it basically infer that it was a sick out, which it absolutely was not. Of course, that's the easy so, way. Yeah. And you have parents upset Turn with Turn the parents upset, exactly. Let them know that they, they have Lunchables, at least the ones that can do this. And they have Disney Plus and everything else. They'll be all right for eight hours. Right? You have to be at work. I just, <sighs> I, being a wife of an educator, I see it. But I never was the type of parent that was like, oh, teachers. Because I teachers are teachers, not their parents. Right. So You'd be surprised how many parents expect that, though. Oh, I believe, no, I do. During COVID? I, there was plenty of times that I was like, babe, get her address. <laughs> you are, she is talking to you like that. And it's just, like I said, good thing that he's an educator because his patience is uh, tremendous with these very irrational people. Yeah, so. But that's, yeah. It's, it's sad. How are we supposed to be? We're nowhere near the number one country in the world in, the, in any <laughs> anything. But we would be if we would just treat the educate treat the industry as it should be treated and back our educators and it's know. not that they don't do that it's that the majority of the people that are educators and the ones they're educating they don't do that for yep they back certain That's ones it. it's just the ones that are uh, educating the majority of what america is now those are the ones that yep. like i was that's all saying about how the the sentiment of how people feel like i, I don't teach at a regular public school uh i don't have 30 people in the classroom. The whole thing about the day off, we, we got Friday off. We never had Thursday. We had to go to school Thursday. We had mm-hmm. Friday off. It was a three-day weekend. They never even See, that thought makes about more sense. it any other way. <laughs> it was like, so it was no, nothing to even worry about. But I could also never picture myself working at a public school. I would never want my kids to go to a public school. So I know that the that whole set, that just the, the environment itself is, is not the same as what I work in. So mm-hmm. I, I just wonder how that it really changes from yeah. state to state. It needs to be completely reworked. Like it's so it's not for the benefit of our any future generation. So the post school needs to go away. Post school was made for farmers. We're no sure. longer a farming 
nation. So the public school in the way that it is right now, it should be dismantled. But yeah. There are so many things that should be changed because it's not just like we we have a farmer schedule when it comes to when we're in school, but also there's the non-developmentally appropriate hours of school that we do. And there's the whole like churning out the same things over and over again and basically expecting to put automatons into businesses essentially but that's not going to be the future like there we've lost so many trade jobs because we have tailored public school into this like mass factory for people to work in this cubicles the 18th century but it, it, it secures the, ideal. it secures the hierarchy for oh absolutely that's, absolutely that's, that's that's why they don't want to change it because if you all of a sudden make public school education equal across the boards well now everyone's getting the same equal education now People start to reach the same level. It changes everything. So, uh, I agree. They don't want that. No, they definitely I mean, don't want have that. A nation full of people that are really, really self-sufficient <laughs> and educated. Who are actually oh, doing jobs really. that they enjoy, that fulfill their new. lives and pay sure. for their lives. Oh my what god! People, people doing yeah, art and getting respected for it. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> the culture of, of humanity. No, never that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the worst. That's like Armageddon to them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Hey, Linz, how are you doing? Oh, I'm chill. <laughs> you know, straight into the point, right? Uh, well, how y'all feel about starting up since we already right. talked about it a little bit already? <laughs> All right, let me let me get my ready. <sighs> so this is season three, episode thirteen: the fried chicken flu. We start with a news report talking about lines of people waiting for a new chicken menu item. Granddad and Riley are watching the report with huge smiles. We cut to, to the garage where Huey with Jasmine are um, Huey and Jasmine are working on a generator trying to get it to work. Huey has her try and start it, but it blows up, knocking him back against the car. Back in the living room, Granddad and Riley are now watching a commercial about the new chicken recipe. The the uh, thirteen spices and seasonings now instead of eleven oh, herbs and spices. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, the project that Huey was working on made the power trip in the house. Granddad is immediately displeased. That's a that's a good word for it, Dean. <laughs> displeased. <laughs> when Huey walks in, Granddad starts chastising him about his survival projects. I got a silly contraption in my garage. A hundred gallons of fucking water. I got more damn Cheerios and canned green beans than I'm ever going to eat. Granddad, I promise you'll be thanking me when the crisis comes. Where is the crisis, boy? Where's the disaster? Where's the return on investment? All this damn money for extra food and toilet paper. That's it. It's over. I ain't spending another damn dime on the end of the world. You're on your own now, Jack. Boy, you ready to go get some chicken? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I picked that that one for a couple of reasons but the biggest one is i feel like granddad just explained the republican party (laughs) and their whole opposition to infrastructure change right now where they're like where's the return on investment oh yeah that comes like 50 years down the line when you don't have crumbling bridges and but anyway grandpa can't worry about that when you know in the scene or two he invites people in that don't need to be there right uh um also um Huey's survival plan only includes green beans and Cheerios. Does not sound like Huey put much thought into the actual like nutritional needs of whoever might be. I just asked, why green beans? <laughs> like, 
nothing else like no not right? tuna well, you're gonna go for something that's can- like some canned fruit meat? in there you're gonna get some scurvy <laughs> i mean but we all have boomery parents yeah. right oh, yeah. Like, I don't know about you guys, but our basement, like people used to make so much fun of my mom because our basement is like doomsday preppers, <laughs> like tons of just canned vegetables. I mean, tons, shelves worth of it. And then sure enough, though, like white during Y2K, if you recall, mm. like she just was bottling water like crazy and storing it. I shouldn't be saying this in case something really happens, <laughs> but then we'll be in the situation granddad was in. But, um... I mean, people used to mock the shit out of her. And then she and I were talking when the pandemic kicked up and she was like, oh, I'm all set. I raised you for this. You were raised to survive. (laughs) So and she was talking about she was going to ship us like some dry beans and this and that. So you can plant your vegetables. And like this lady was good to go. She was cool as a cucumber. Meanwhile, a lot of my friends and family. Yeah. Yeah, Go ahead. ahead. I love her. She wasn't cool as a cucumber. Because she wanted to see an image, but <laughs> everything that she said had that kind of that logic in it, you know. Um, and like I said, I got you know, it became very apparent to me during the pandemic that my great grandma, my Madea, would be so embarrassed to be like, Girl, what did I teach you mm-hmm. those summers when you come to Mississippi? You know, you need to pickle and, and do other stuff yep. and jar cans and do and just not jar cans, but jars things and you know, snap peas and just everything was so natural yep. and and you being self-reliant um but much like you said Lindsay, i think that when we grew up canned food was huge i remember my mm-hmm. mom loved salmon croquette and yep. she would make it out of the can salmon yeah um, you know, um tamales i didn't know that tamales didn't come in a hormel can until i didn't know cranberries were a real thing that's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like Peaches and pears. What do they look like in real life? (laughs) I know they're kind of, and they're very sour. Like for real, like the real cranberries, Mm -hmm. they're not. They're not like the good old jelly, jelly. Right. You know. You eat a cranberry, and you're like, "This is not what I've been eating all these years." (laughs) Can I get some cranberries? Or like it's on top. You're like, "No, these are berries." Right. What is this thing with skin? Butter knife. Yeah. I want the thick (laughs) applesauce. (laughs) What crumbles immediately? No, like you're right. Yeah, Lindsay, it's from that age they weren't i mean like my parents my mom she wasn't around during like the depression so i think that comes from like their parents Mm -hmm. who yeah were around during that time and you know we all came from the south so everybody that came from mississippi and in that area it's gonna be like our future generations are gonna have no problem with masks and like they're gonna know how to make hand sanitizer and you know like they're gonna know how to make a sourdough starter or whatever you know (laughs) all of the things that like trended in the last few years yeah i think they'll kind of be in the garden because that's not like a taboo there's a lot of people rant you know young and i think because the more that we put into education that is for real life um you know that more people are introduced to it Mm -hmm. so and then plus we make everything so easy i mean like i said i can't go to target without getting another freaking you know just pour some water and seeds, grow set of something. Because <laughs> that makes me feel like I'm gardening. Um, I keep getting this so. this one advertisement um, on like Facebook, I think it is, where it's like an indoor upright garden thing that's all like all in one. You just kind of put a pot in there and then it automatically waters mm-hmm. it. And you can get lettuce and herbs. And so, yeah, we're totally yeah. going to do something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That is so me friendly when it comes to gardening. <laughs> 
like, yeah, let's make it easy, but allow people to get that connection of, yeah. you know, back with Earth. I know I'm not very good at it, but I want to. I'm not a very good plant people at all. Yeah, me neither. But I've never kept anything alive. Like, well, I've kept pets alive, barely. <laughs> <laughs> I barely keep out. myself alive. Dean keeps me alive. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I tell him all the time when he's when he's not home for dinner. I'm like, I had a bowl of cereal or like um, popcorn. <laughs> I had some crackers and then like a spoonful of peanut butter. You know, that's yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> she eats for like, like how Jackson eats. Jackson, there'll be full things in there that he could clearly put in the microwave or make whatever. Takes, and he, yep, he sits. It's like an executive functioning thing. You just don't think about it. And then you're hungry. So you, okay, I'm just going to eat this because it's right here because it's too much work to put together the things that need to be done. Yeah, I get that. He's a snacker. If there's goldfish or Cheez-Its anywhere in the vicinity that he thinks that that's enough to eat all day. All right, let's move on. So, after he's done berating Huey, he and Riley leave to go get some chicken. Back in the garage, Huey is working on the generator again. Jasmine asks Huey why he's doing all of this. So how bad is it going to be when the end of the world comes? I don't know, but I got it all worked out so the three of us can survive in this house as long as possible. Three? Me, Riley, and Granddad. What about everyone else? I can't save everyone else. If I tried, I'd just end up saving nobody. What about me? Would you let me stay here? You know, if, if things got bad. The plan is for three people, a fourth person, and we could run out of food or water. But I'm your friend. Can't you make a plan for four people? I guess. Ah, I feel much better about that now. You know, Huey, everybody says you're a loony person, but I think one day you're going to be smarter than everybody. Oh, Jasmine. (laughs) Cutest scene ever. It's it's so cute because you're like, okay, Huey actually values her as a friend, obviously, because Mm -hmm. he is willing to completely change something that he has been planning for a really long time for her. And even he's probably, I feel like he's a little surprised that he's, oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time it really shows that she probably has a little puppy love crush, and that he's aware of that and maybe she's not too bad. She, I, it was very cute. It was very cute. Even Dean was, do you think, what was it? You said something about. My theory was that Huey is such a logical thinker and long-term thinker that he's thinking, yeah, I guess we should, we'll need to have a woman in case we need to repopulate. (laughs) I don't think that he has that kind of a brain yet. That's pretty much going she, I, that's where he is now. He he has plans to break people out of prison. Yes. Fully detailed plans. For that, has a full detail plans for it. He will live to be an adult, basically. Like he does all of this with the expectation that he's gonna not come back sometimes, or he'll yeah, be but, but I mean, it's, but he's still he's a long term thinker, especially with this. He's got bindered <laughs> in his jacket <laughs> called with a title called "I Told You So." <laughs> that was the best thing about the whole episode. <laughs> that was so great. I do love though that that. Jasmine was basically like, people think you're crazy, but I think you're smarter than everybody. And that, like, really, Jasmine is the only one who sees Huey for who he really is. That sees that he is brilliant and probably the only one actually able to think about what's going to happen in the future. And so. (laughs) Her mom wants us to. Her dad's delusional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was interesting, too, though, because, like, just like I just said about our parents, Mm -hmm. like, when this pandemic kicked off, 
how many people for years and years and years clowned on my mom for her basement stocking. Mm-hmm. But she's just sitting pretty. She don't give a fuck. She don't give a fuck. She's like, I don't need to leave this house. Uh, whatever. You know, and has her little spare freezer down there and everything. It's always, at least I know when the pandemic started, I have friends in China. So mm. I kind of had some heads up like, yo, it's some crazy shit going down over here. I don't give a fuck. Uh, one of my girlfriends said, you need to wear a mask when you're out in public. I put that fucking mask on. People on the BART used to look at me like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. why is this girl here wearing this mask? But then as the weeks carried on, you started to see, honestly, at first, other Asian people oh, yeah. wearing masks. And then everybody on those fucking trains was wearing masks until they told us, take your ass home and sit down. Like, Girl, we wear masks and gloves. You <laughs> matter how people are looking at us, like, what the fuck is wrong with them? But we wore them was like, say something. Yeah. I'm going to be okay. So I, I'm right there with you. Like, I didn't, I listened. Maybe it's our misconception. Maybe they were looking like, should I be wearing a mask and gloves? <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. But people are going to look at you crazy when you're kind of, you know, thinking for yourself and ahead of the curb. Yeah. Just saying. Absolutely. He what he was talking about, though. He didn't know that it was coming so quickly. Right. He knew what he was talking about. I mean, a generator, I was like, how many people were wishing that they had a generator because we just didn't know? Well, and you know, with everything that, like, our, happened in Texas grid. last winter, where the whole fucking grid mm. went down. Yeah. Like, huh? And California, that happens to y'all all the time. You have rolling brownouts mm-hmm. and shit. Yep. Yeah, and that's a uh, political. But yeah. yeah, but if you had a generator, you could theoretically yeah. get through yeah. that without a problem. But yeah, and fires, like the more right. fires that start, yeah. they're finding that good old PG&E is usually right. the point. Yeah, yeah. So like our, I saw the thing you know, about the, the campfire, about them, about the cause of that being um, equipment that they just never replaced for like 40 years, causing sparks. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you can't fuck. build something 75 years ago and then build a new community and be like, it's cool. Oh, don't worry about the good. all the yeah. metal cool. things that are holding all the things together. They will last forever. Yeah. It's not the same technology, guys, and you have to know that. <laughs> you guys are worth billions. Right. Get your asses out there and fix it. <laughs> uh, it's just another corporation that doesn't give a shit about anything but the bottom line when it comes to money. Right. And we can't do anything in California. It's more than half of our, <clears throat> you know, our electricity. So yeah, yeah, you guys really are between a rock and a hard place. I still wouldn't move though. <laughs> Dean's just like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Granddad and Riley are driving to the chicken place. Both are very excited. As they get closer to the place, they run into a massive traffic jam, and all of the other people who have come to get uh come to get some chicken and oh uh the name of the restaurant i love that it's it's colonel's fried chicken but with a k so it's still kfc and even the other chicken i didn't write down all of them but the other the other chicken restaurants that they named were all like bluto's uh temples temples was churches and uh chick lafay chick lafay chick what was the first one Bluto's. Bluto's. What did we figure out? Popeyes. Was that Popeyes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Which some um, trivia, like, this Bluto. is my hometown's oh. claim to fame right. because this shit happened at a Popeyes chicken in Rochester, New York. Right. Oh, I, cool. That inspired this episode. I can't wait to get to that because I want to hear the real story. <laughs> well, the, it's, when, it's when the, the Chick-fil-A same. sandwich came out, I mean, not the Chick-fil-A, but the Popeyes chicken sandwich came out, that's the first place that 
They ran it was. Out of it wasn't the sand. It wasn't the recent sandwich. This okay. was like way was back in the day. Okay. Yeah, and like there was some kind of um, coupon special or whatever, and they ran out of the chicken. And Rochesterians, I mean, one of the ladies in the app because I watched the clip before we filmed. One of the ladies, they do. I need to feed my family. Right. I was just gonna say. That, I was gonna say. Please don't tell me she was real. <laughs> oh, that she was real. She, oh. she was real. My yes. baby feeds <laughs> chicken. Oh my god. Uh. Need their fucking chicken. I was so irritated. <laughs> I was so irritated with that part. I was like, they always find the black one. It gets on it just way too much. Shut up, Lindsay. That's not real. <laughs> As Rochester, y'all will never understand. You will never understand the level of geechy hoodness <laughs> that is Rochester until you go to Rochester. And I'm repping for I listen, I love, I love it. That's me. But but if you're from Rochester and you're listening to this, you know. <laughs> you, I mean, look, it's really a world apart. Like, I definitely, you know, certain parts of New York, I say in California. Yeah. Not even world, universes, I feel like apart. Mindset's different, clothing's different, the way the style of talk, like everything is different. Yes. Um, but wow. I'm Look, I'm not going to say California doesn't have its, you know, lady on the TV crying about chicken moments, but <laughs> God damn, that was some special, special kind of stuff right there. You make me want to go to Rochester. <laughs> no, girl, drive through. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, after two hours in the car, they finally get to the drive through. Riley has passed out and is dreaming about the food. Uh, as granddad goes to wake him, he sees the man on the drive through in front of him is out of the car and yelling at the speaker. He gets out of the car to see what's going on. The customer says the restaurant is out of chicken. Robert and Riley are very upset about this. They, as are all the customers who've been waiting in line. One customer gets so angry that he drives his car into the restaurant. The mob then moves in to attack. So, did the driving into the restaurant, did that happen? I don't think so. I think all that happened real world is that a, like a kind of riot sort of situation broke out. Uh, I don't think they drove a car through and all that shit. But I don't remember. I was in Korea, I think, at this time. I was going to was. He didn't just want chicken. That man has something else going on. So, like, that is the most counterproductive thing ever to get yourself some chicken. I'm I'm <laughs> curious about one thing because I actually found when I was kind of looking stuff up, I found that there were two different chicken incidences. <laughs> that oh, there were multiple. That there was yeah. the Popeyes one, and then there was a KFC thing that had to do with Oprah Winfrey. So maybe yes. that was how it like became such a big in this episode that it was those two things together made it. As big as it was. What was Oprah saying when she recommended something? Or? I think that was, I, I didn't write down exactly what it was, that it was some promotion that Oprah was doing with Kentucky Fried Chicken. She offered a coupon on her website. Uh, okay. And then, and then they ran too out. many people cashed in. Yeah. I mean, so didn't, you didn't just only have black people who probably weren't Oprah fans, but just like chicken. And then you had <laughs> all, all of all the, the Oprah, Oprah fans. fans. You had all the Karens and, and everybody else that were like, oh, that's, I never went to that KFC. Let's go. Right. Um, Look, and Oprah just sat back. I feel like sometimes Oprah does things like um, like the witch in Snow White who would just look over the crystal ball and be like, ha, 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 you know, and just see shit go wrong. Oh, yeah. I, like, I remember it's... her, like, what was the, the cow thing? The the hamburger meat. There was some, yeah. you remember Mad that? Cow? Mad cow disease. Mad cow disease when she was all up in arms about it. And, like, like she made it a bigger deal than anybody else, If I, like, from my memory. She had to, like, there was, like, legal action. Right. Like, federal, right? right? Like because all her through. people were oh, like, look, oh, we're not know. eating anything with from cows anymore because mad cow. Didn't hurt her. Oprah bought her house with a personal 
check <laughs> for $20 million. So in order, not bad. Look, A, may not be a fan, and but I can't write a check for We just put $5,000 down and it was like every cent that we could cash out. <laughs> and that hurt? Like every it hurts like, so oh, much. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. 20 million. Can you imagine going, no. I got it. I'll take it. It's what a, even is 20 doesn't million? Write. That doesn't even, that's, that does not compute to my head. <laughs> like the fact that I have multiple and, and by multiple less than 10 thousands of dollars. <laughs> like that's when I feel rich is when I have like more than a thousand dollars. You know, people always say they borrow money and be like, I'll give it back to you at tax time. That is like one of the most common times that mm -hmm. I think any American average gets a good check or a check that they see multiple zeros after their name. Yeah. 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 Good old America. <sighs> yeah. All right. Back at home, Huey is watching the report on the news of everything that's gone down. Tonight, civil unrest explodes in several major American cities. There have been reports of fires, looting, and violence in the streets, all over a fast food promotion gone terribly wrong. As the first customers tasted the new secret recipe, reviews were stellar. Yo, motherfucker, this, yo, nigga, this shit is bad as fuck. Yo, put this shit in your mouth, man. Eat that motherfucker, eat it. But early on in the day, there were signs of trouble. Impatient crowds, drive-through lines stretching for miles, scuffles between tired and hungry customers. I wait for this. We've already discussed it, but how they're like, oh, tensions in the day showed impatient customers, showed signs of trouble. Now... I'm thinking more in terms of the pandemic, but the fact, again, like I said at the beginning, that all these riots, fights, a lady pulled a gun on a man at either Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Some guy was stabbed. Somebody got shot. Jesus Christ. And someone was stabbed. Sorry. Somebody was in there asking for the lady from the commercials. Oh. On one place. <laughs> Are you, like literally they were in there like i'm not leaving until i see and i was like good lord Somebody what you mean the actress that we hired yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> demanding her like test as well as some handcuffs because mm. they are very like it was yeah so yeah Lindsay, yeah Girl. no yeah totally that's just it though it just it is a major indicator that something is wrong with fucking society, yeah. not with Popeye's mm -hmm. chicken or yeah. Chick-fil-A. Y'all yeah. yeah. are really out here going to stab each other over cutting the line at a chicken restaurant. Listen, say your piece and catch your attitude and whatever, but it's insane. And it just, like I said, it's interesting how Magruder connected chicken <laughs> and a pandemic, which I know, like you guys said, swine flu was going on. And here we are. I swear all that uh, Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's bullshit was going down right before we went into pandemic, mm -hmm. right? We'll shut down anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, it's nuts. And like a couple months ago, I remember they were saying because of the popularity of like McDonald's having a chicken sandwich and like everybody trying to compete, there was a shortage mm -hmm. of chicken. And I was mm. like, is it really though? And why? And if so, okay. You know how many other, like, we could, well, yeah, it's just. How did you fix a shortage on chicken? Facts. That part. Yeah. How did you create like, I, a shortage? I know black people didn't stop eating chicken. <laughs> so how you how you fix a shortage on chicken? Like it seems like they would go extinct before you'd be able to fix it. <laughs> yeah, mm. and chickens, I'm pretty sure they're they're born in abundance. Like there's like well, well, the way that the um, U.S. agriculture system goes, they absolutely are born in abundance. Unfortunately for them, <laughs> right, right. All right. So Granddad and Riley come back in after their failed journey, and the news continues. 
And now, another crisis brewing, this one around a mysterious virus that seems to have appeared out of thin air and is spreading like wildfire. Already, there are 400 confirmed cases of the mystery virus in all 50 states, and the CDC warns it could spread to <gasps> hundreds of thousands by the end of the week. Personally, I'm scared shitless, and for good reason. Where this virus came from is anybody's guess. Okay. So... First time rewatching this episode today, I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Right at that part. Because it was so completely, like, anyone who was paying attention saw the pandemic coming. At least, like, in my classroom, we watched a kid-friendly news show every day, and we knew that this was coming. Like, they talked about the Wuhan virus in, like what, October, earlier than that, maybe? And, you know, we all saw it coming, although nobody quite knew what to expect because our example of a pandemic is basically what Magruder is making fun of here. There was such a panic over the swine flu and the bird flu and whatever that by the time we actually got to the one that is now going to probably kill a billion people before the end, it, it was just... That's why so many people did not believe it until it got back. And we never looked through it. It goes down in history. Right. I don't think people knew about the Spanish flu. You know what I'm saying? Like the last time we had a really big right. pandemic. And every pandemic, every, every quote unquote that. pandemic that we've had in the last like 50 years has been here and then gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So like when yeah. we when everything shut down reasonably, we were all like, oh, this will probably this will be like the worst uh-huh. that it will be. This will be like we'll shut down for a couple of weeks and everything will be fine. And it's just like the flu. <laughs> OK, after hearing about the news report, Huey immediately suspects that the chicken is the cause of this pandemic. There's a knock at the front door. It is Tom and Jasmine. Huey, you've got Jasmine terrified about all of this end of the world stuff. Tell him, Huey. Tell him the end is coming. Look, if you guys want to play your little make-believe survival games, that's fine. But, sweetie, I promise you, the world is not going to end. Please, Daddy, it's not safe. Honey, I have to pick up your mother. Stay as long as you want. Have fun. Call me when you want to come home. No! You made his choice. You in or out. So, I picked this one because it's going to tie back into some of the stuff Tiara was just saying. But like when it comes to conspiracy theory, end of the world bullshit, it's all fun and games until it's not. Mm -hmm. And it's all the stuff you were just saying about like people saw the pandemic coming. The Obama administration was in the process of preparing the United States of America for a pandemic. And they they did like a whole handover ceremony for the Trump administration. And the Trump administration said, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Ignored it and went about their business. And I was watching that. Well, it's just like that, that team, that force or something that was working right. on it. Like they disbanded mm-hmm. it. Money what was the it? thing about uh, yeah. um, return on investment? It was, it's that thing again, where that particular political party, if they don't see immediate results to something, it doesn't matter. So. Or was it more that he just didn't want to say. He didn't want to continue. Well, definitely. Uh, He didn't want to continue preparing for something that Obama said there was no swinging contest. We know that Obama's balls are bigger. (laughs) But to keep it going, like one day I remember I was in my old apartment, so I know it was pre-pandemic. I was watching Tasha Case channel, and this lady was there going on about a global pandemic. And my husband was, what the fuck is she talking about? He hates Tasha K. But he was like, what the fuck is she talking about? I love your about? husband even more. <laughs> I 
But then here it was, here it came. And that's like my thing. So like even with um conspiracy theories and all this nonsense, because again, I watch this shit. My husband's always like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> the other day I was watching mm-hmm. um, Appalachian witches. Mm-hmm. Some guy was telling the story about growing up with witches in the Appalachian mountains. I totally <laughs> watch that stuff too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he was working in the other room and he came in. I was working too, but he's like, what the fuck are you watching? I (laughs) love that shit. I love it. it. Me too. But here's the thing, right? So Aristotle, his whole thing with intelligence, and I'm a big fan of this as well, especially when people come at me about spirituality, conspiracy theory, end of world stuff. Aristotle said, listen, uh, a major signifier or whatever indicator of intelligence is can you entertain an idea Mm a scenario, a a quote-unquote reality, without accepting it. So when people are out here saying this bullshit, like a global pandemic is coming or um, Yellowstone National Park is going to explode and put all this ash and destroy humanity, da-da-da, like, you don't have to be so quick to say, Lindsay, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think people get these ideas because there's truth in them. Mm-hmm. I think it's messages from the universe. That's just the way that I see it. Like trying to let us know y'all don't know everything. But like yeah. you said, if you're willing, Aristotle said, if you're willing to at least understand that that is a, a concept, then you're better off than pretending that it's not, you know, or convincing yourself that it's not. Hell yeah. And I know we got to move on, but something I've been doing is posting quotes that are ghetto quotes, but then I just put like Confucius. <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> Aristotle. But I try and reword it so it sounds like hey, the one in my profile right now is happy hoes ain't hating and hating hoes ain't happy. That is what's pinned to my profile right now. But I put like, oh, co- contented concubine seed contention. Nah, it's happy hoes ain't hating y'all. I love I'm that. Pretending. Oh, that is one t shirt. Everything I hear that's t shirts. Seed contention. Seed contention. Yeah, I love it. I like it. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I want a, I want a t-shirt. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I may either make a t-shirt or that's about to be like my next tweet, something. So send me that. That's fine. Yes. Where are we now? Um. <laughs> so, an updated report on the news confirms that the virus is from the chicken. Nobody anywhere saw it coming. Oh. It's being called the fried chicken flu. I mean, I already kind of covered it. It's kind of the same as the all the stuff we just covered. Mm -hmm. But again, signs are all around you. Animals are leaving Yellowstone National Park. Uh, Kim Kardashian is building an underground compound. Um, Chinese people are telling their citizens to stock up on a year. Where's the food this month that came out? So there are signs everywhere, people, okay? And I can sit up here and say this, and someone is listening to this like, oh my God, she's full of shit. And there's somebody else going, bats, bats, right? I'm I'm <laughs> definitely the kind of person that's like I can't I kind of can't wait to move so that I can actually like have a stocked up supply because we don't have anywhere in this house right now where we can store stuff but there's actually like space <laughs> in the new house yeah. yeah and nothing may ever happen right. I'm not saying right. y'all need to but do this earthquakes I'm happen all the saying. time up here anyway like floods know. happen Things all the time happen. up here fires nature's, like nature's pissed at us right so nature's exactly. like, you know what you're not gonna take care of me. I'm not gonna take care of you. It might so not be I, World War Three, but something eventually is going to necessitate the need to survive in wherever you live. It from- may not be toilet paper because you can always get your ass in the shower. But <laughs> or if you have a bidet, right. Right. Yeah, which right, the right. new house already um, has one. <laughs> um, but 
Well, that's downstairs. Awesome. But yeah, no, but food, <laughs> having to be able to stock up. I mean, those, you know, extreme couponer shows that used to be on. Mm-hmm. And it was like so, you know, you know, interesting for people. And it was like a new kind of fad and for people to do. I think that was also a precursor, letting people know there's nothing wrong. Well, some of those people, it was something wrong. We won't talk about the people is, we know who do that. It will we, Dean? But no, the ones that would like take off their kids' bed frames and then their entire bed frames would be of toilet paper or, you know, oh, deodorant Jesus. or, <laughs> you know, olives. And it's like, why? Why do you need a bevy of olives? Like that, you That's know, like Huey with the green beans and Cheerios. <laughs> Maybe they were on sale. But what's stuck here in California is you can't do that because there's no double coupons and, and all this other kind of stuff in California. So it was never like, they were only in my general area once. And this lady, her thing was, it was so fake. Like they just put that on um, to make it seem like she could coupon. So that, you know, that show, I think, even though it was, you know, TLC kind of reality show fluff, mm-hmm. once again, it was a message, you know, who's letting us know why, why do you think there's so many preppers? And that's such a big deal. Um, I get an email at least once a week to our junk email about buying what um medi rate medi rate made ready meals MREs mm, mm-hmm. mm. yeah M- meals ready to eat there you go <laughs> or as that's we call we called them meals rejected by Ethiopia yeah mm. yeah hey, hey, yeah that's that's how bad they were that's, that's I mean, in the military <laughs> and these are supposed to be like a step better like there's a lot if you guys just Google it there are so many companies oh yeah with I like know. use this powdered stuff and then have chicken cacciatore and it's like how the fuck did that <laughs> you know? but and they're making money because there's so many people that are that are doing it and into it i mean there's whole companies that are building bunkers underneath the ground mm-hmm. yeah, all these people are expecting again they're expecting world war three or the walking dead they're not expecting that they have to fucking stay home and like, yeah, like that's what that was the biggest problem with this. Like oh, the people yeah. who were, quote unquote, prepared were not prepared for what actually happened. They were prepared mm-hmm. for some fantasy that they had built up in their head. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like the like when I going back to the, when I mentioned Texas and with the grid going down, like there's a hell of a lot of preppers out there. But a lot of them didn't think about the fact that their power grid is a piece of shit in that state. And there were people who for some reason did not have generators and you know these are like prepper people who are like yeah i didn't think about that part like really because they live in a bubble they, really yeah works for them and in a way when something works for their agenda then they're okay yes. so these people are the ones that are actually a little more affluent you know the ones that you know believe in the other side of the government that may or may not be for them mm-hmm. but they you know you know so they have a different existence and it did not involve anything that is not out of their control you know what i'm saying so a zombie apocalypse or anything else is kind of in their control to take care of their family. Right. Grid going down. No. So they didn't prepare for that. You know, and they're, they're just sad that they couldn't gave, they didn't have anything that they could shoot at. That's right. what they were hoping. That's for. definitely another part of it there. I bet you there is a huge contingent of people in this world that is upset that they didn't get to kill somebody in the apocalypse. Oh yeah. In one Yet. way or another. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. Right. They were waiting for a purge. I mean, for I mean, I'm not kill anybody, but you know, at least be like, get out, <laughs> or else, like, yeah. He's joking, of course. Of course. <laughs> you sound like some of those people that were like, no, really, no, for real, for real. I couldn't go out and just pick people off, right? Get points. Um. Yeah. But like you said, yet, unfortunately, yet. 
yeah. that's kind of where it's going if 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 people civil keep war happens all this, other, this alternative and it's only getting stronger i mean they literally uh what was it yesterday or today the the republicans in wyoming like sanctioned fucking liz cheney not because she did anything wrong but because she voted for biden's bill thing so like they're like you're not a republican she is one of the most right-leaning conservative voting like votes with trump 90 percent of the time but because she she voted for this thing yeah it's Isn't it crazy so how they're snitching bad. and like doing this whole salem witch hunt on people that mm -hmm. you know didn't vote with them and then the more that they start to um imprison you know these these um insurrectionists like the shaman and then the, the other lady mm -hmm. who's going away as well um who has you know pretty I don't want to say a pretty big following, but there's been a lot of eyes on, you know, her case in oh, yeah. particular. The real estate agent, yeah, yeah. who said, well, I'm not going away because I'm blonde mm -hmm. and blue-eyed and pretty. I don't know about the pretty, but okay. Um, they played that in court and yeah. said, now you're going yeah. away. <laughs> and that's how the prosecution won this case by playing that. They were like, oh, really? Okay. Well, 48 months. But now they're starting to put those people away, and especially the ones that were kind of like the influencers mm -hmm. and mostly known, you know, about what happened at that time. I think the, you know, the other side's going to become even more angry. Agree. And we're, we're giving them martyrs. Yeah. We are essentially yeah. giving them names to prop up. And, and uh, like, I'm not going to mention any of their names. Like, I'm not going to mention the one that was killed in the actual, like, by a cop in the, in the actual insurrection. But, like, that particular person is a fucking hero to those people now. Like, this is somebody who was threatening the lives of our our politicians and was killed by a police officer in a justifiable homicide because she was literally, literally breaking and entering <laughs> and, and screaming that she was coming in. He did his job. It was clean. Nobody else got hurt. Only yeah. one person, he shot the intended target, but yet she's a fucking martyr. And mm -hmm. like they- A lot of people, there's an excuse. There was, yeah. he did this and he did that. She was yeah. She was somewhere where her own husband didn't even know where she was, allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. But also the cop was black, so that was, mm -hmm. oh, that's a big no-no. Mm -hmm. They could tell yeah. it was a black guy. Yeah. So, so um, I hate to think that, because like I said, I don't like to, you know, speak things into existence, but I have two eyes and I have some common sense, so put those two together, and I just say that it's not, you know, it's not, um, it's not over by any means, mm. so we have to be aware that we've lived through it once who's to say we're not going to live through another crazy you know debilitating time well the way I, that I, we're I, barely disciplining anybody in actual power who has anything to do with it shows me that tells me that it's going to happen again like no. this they're getting mm -hmm. close but let's see how close they get because mm. they're slowly working their way yeah. up i don't have a lot of faith in the system <laughs> yeah Okay, we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Uh, so um, they've named it the chick the fried chicken flu. Jasmine is completely freaked out. The report continues of people getting sick and other people still eating the chicken. Jasmine's fear has spread to granddad. We are not going to die. This is the day I've been planning for my whole life. Here is the survival plan. It contains guidelines for security, food and water rationing, energy usage, communications, etc., etc. What? Nigga, what is this? Homework? Everything you need to know is in your packet. It's easy to understand, and I use extra large type. Uh, you know, I don't like to read instructions. Yeah, and I don't like to read, period. Just give us a gist. No, 
You need to read all of it. It's all important. Okay, but what's the most important stuff? <sighs> I guess the most important thing is that we keep quiet about our emergency supplies, and we don't let anyone else in the house, no matter what. So I picked that clip, even though we've basically talked about everything that I would talk about here, I picked that clip because it shows how much thought Huey has put into this and how prepared he was. And also, it reminded me so much of being a teacher because he put in all of this work and like made sure that it was in a font that Grandad could read and that it was small words so Riley could read it. And it was all nice presentation and little like um, little spiral notebooks for everybody. And yet... Nobody wanted to read it. Nobody cared. They just wanted him to summarize it for him. And, you know, that's just kind of the story of being a teacher in some time. <laughs> a lot of He's emphatically shaking his head right now. And that's like, <laughs> oh, well, and if you think about it, that's like Trump with the, with the briefings. Yes. He yes. wanted he wanted everybody to summarize it for him. Yeah, that is yeah, exactly yeah. it. Well, because he wasn't smart, so he didn't know mm. what that was well, um, he didn't have an attention span for it, which is pretty much the same with Riley and Granddad. They don't have the I attention like span to sit was. and read this. Yeah. was like, look at this homework. Like, he probably responded, <laughs> right. this how Riley did. It's like, what? This is part of being president? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, yeah. that was. It's, I love when they just throw, that's what makes it funny, but like, serious time, you know, this is time to be bound, you know, everybody just to hunger down and let's get this shit together. And what is Riley worried about? Is this homework? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so refreshing that Riley just stays by. Yeah. So uh, while Huey is telling them all about the plan, President Obama comes on to address the nation. That was our intro clip where basically he he let us know that, you know, they're safe and they'll be fine and that they're 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 cheering for us and everybody else should be, you know, taking care of each other because that's that's the American way. <laughs> really like that that essentially is is again it it's like Magruder predicted what the actual president would kind of be like right yeah whatever it's cool we're fine good luck <laughs> probably sat up during the whole pandemic and stuff and was like I told y'all <laughs> just talking to damn I thought it would be oh. Obama I really did I thought he was he would be like you know what I prepped you niggas so now I'm done All right <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he did. He probably talked to, had so many conversations with the TV. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he was too busy windsurfing. <laughs> yeah. I was still, I'd be like, I'm right. Mm. I was right. You know, written in an airplane. <laughs> so yeah. the next morning, Huey comes downstairs to find Granddad making breakfast. Not only is he making breakfast, but there's a woman there. Her name is Tina, and Granddad is letting her stay there during the pandemic. Kiwi tells Granddad that the plan is only for four people and they aren't having a slumber party. Uh, while they're arguing, the doorbell rings. It's thugnificent. He tells him that Riley invited him over to stay during the emergency. Uh, he also says that he didn't come empty-handed, and he then produces Leonard, who brought food. Huey says that it is bad for the plan. Granddad, this is not in the plan. Well, according to the plan, all we got to eat is Cheerios and green beans. So once again, your plan sucks. You got a bacon cheeseburger? Um, yeah, y'all. And this kind of touches exactly on what you were just saying about being a teacher. Y'all, I have been in business. I'm only 35, but I've been working since I was 14. Okay. And I can promise you, I promise you, flexibility in a good plan is more important than precision. 
I promise you give yourself space, time, extra resources. What are we going to do? You don't have to like, you know, have a plan for contingencies, but you need to build flexibility into any shit you're doing because it is never going to go how you fucking planned. And if it does, that is lucky. Oh, kind of scary. (laughs) Facts, though. We should quote yeah. every like fire fact that Lindsay does. Hell yeah. Put that on t-shirts. But no, that is nothing more than the truth. It really is. I'm not related to weddings. Everything goes wrong on a wedding. But mm-hmm. you're still married at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. People are still talking about how, oh, I'm happy that such and such, they found their person that they love or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like you said, the, having flexibility where you can and knowing that you don't have control over everything is something that really, you know, it should be a practice that we do every single day and something that we're used to and prepared for. Um, yeah, I, th- I totally agree. I'm with you, girl. Yes. When I was training to start working at Xerox, which I had, again, worked for years before that, that was my first like Fortune 500 job. We were in this training program. We talked so much shit about what our teacher was doing and why did you guys bring her in here? She doesn't know what she's doing. And Yo, this lady was fucking playing us because she was trying to teach this to us. Like one day she gave an assignment that was like impossible to do and we had three hours to get it done. So everyone else is bitching and complaining. I sat my ass down and I worked through it in a smart quote unquote way. And I got it all, I got everything done. And then I was just going through and refining, refining, refining as the clock ticked down so that my presentation was getting better and better and better. And I was about to stunt on all those niggas (laughs) like, what, what? And then she calls off the whole assignment and she explained (laughs) She explained, this is business, bitch. Like, this is how it goes. So what? You stayed up all night putting together that presentation. Now the higher-ups have decided the company's moving in another direction. I was so fucking mad. But at the same time, I was like, damn, bitch, you got me. But you knew that you could do it as well. Yes. Yeah, that is true, too. You know, sometimes that happens to business, and they're like, great, you did that. You want a fucking cookie? This is what Mm -hmm. I said. Did you hear what I said? This is what we're doing now. So I don't care what, you know, and it's all about exactly. that flexibility, accountability, kind of giving yourself the kudos when you need to, but then moving the fuck on. You know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'm being realistic about it. Yeah. Another one. They say the stick out of my ass dropped that day. <laughs> so <laughs> for real, that's Got life. That's business. Yeah. It was funny how times can prove that to you, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in certain situations. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely had that a few times, not just once or twice. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I really need to be told, huh? Uh, so uh, back at the door, granddad, of course, lets in Thugnificent and Leonard. Um, we all knew he would. They gave him food. Uh, then there was another breaking news story. This time it's the projection of casualties by state. Thugnificent and Riley have thoughts. Damn, everybody's catching this shit, man. That must be some good-ass chicken. The real tragedy is that we may never, ever get to eat fried chicken again. The real tragedy. <laughs> yes, I picked this one because this was most people's attitudes during the pandemic, yes. and I think we all know, we all oh, know yeah. it. Like, oh, my God. I miss going dancing. I miss yes. going to the mall. Uh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. 
And then they just started saying, well, fuck it. Yes. I'm going dancing. I'm going to the mall. I'm going to have a party with like 500 people in the middle of the, you know, Daytona beach. And then, you know, we'll take it all home across the country. And or people being like, I don't know anybody that has it. So it's not real. Or the best part was the one when it was like black people can't get it. That was probably the best. (laughs) That was probably the best. I was like, okay. Like, and niggas was really believing it until. Then they were like, "Ooh, I could coordinate my mask with my outfit. I'm in." Right. <laughs> and it was like, that that I think yeah. was the best thing to come out of the pandemic was people actually understood that hey, we don't have to be boring about this. I mean, I've quickly I was like, if liquor stores have not caught on to this as fast as anything else, they were selling masks with matching socks. Mm. And if you're really in the ghetto, like tees, because you know niggas like to buy their t-shirts from liquor stores in case y'all don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like it was a whole, it was, it was a whole vibe. And I was like, you know what, whatever gets us on, like whatever, you know, became like the, the Easter hat for old ladies at church. That's what the mask and everything became. So yeah. I'm not, yeah. Um, I mean, I've got some really great ones that were handmade by friends of mine and I've got some cute ones that I bought because they had like galaxies on them and shit. And like, yeah, there's. Yeah. And now everybody wears yeah. a doctor mask. And now everybody wears a KN95, which I fully do as well. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody was good with outfits, but now they're like, oh, I don't well, wash it and like keep up with it and stuff. So, yeah. In the beginning, they were so afraid of running out of it that they basically said, don't go and buy it because we need the, all of those for actual medical people. And, and then like production really ramped up and knockoffs started getting made that were There's good enough. Like, and hand sanitizer and shit yeah. now. Like there is no... Lysol shortage, right? All There's of that. No hand sanitizer yeah. short. Like new brands have started making, and I'm just like, where were you guys at last year? I mean, I a still lot of like distilleries making are making hand sanitizer oh, yeah. with like you know yeah. like vodka. We were at a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, was that yesterday? Day before? Yeah, we were at a restaurant for Dean's birthday, and on the table they had hand sanitizer that, let me tell you, was like vodka with maybe some orange like essential oil in it. That's what you need. As our Armenian friends call it. Um, it is, I, hey, you know, mm-hmm. drink it, rub it on your hands. There you go. Yeah. You're protected. Um, Kill all the germs. I know, I made mine and it became kind of a thing like that became Jackson's duty. He loved, you know, making it and using different like essential oils in it and whatnot. But I was like, as long as it is made clearly out of alcohol, I don't care what else you put in it to make it smell good. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Sure. And making our own um, Clorox wipes we got into as well because you couldn't mm. find those anywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just funny how resourceful we can become when we need to. Humans in that's general it. are. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Next, we have Tom and Sarah showing up at the door. They want in. Huey says no. Granddad says no, too. Then Jasmine starts crying, and Huey admits that if we want her to stop crying, probably should let them in. So they let them in with the caveat that they are not allowed to eat anything. And then everybody is eating, except Tom and Sarah. Huey is contemplating how impossible it will be to handle nine people with the food and water that they have. Just then, Ruckus shows up. Apparently, he was in the attic when Huey's generator explosion happened, which knocked him out. He just woke up. They immediately kick him out of the house. Do you think that Ruckus really did get knocked out and was hanging out up there? Or was that just, was he just lying and hanging out up there so that he didn't have to come out and 
I mean, it could be true, but it was weird to me. Like, if you were knocked out, how did you know about the flu? Right, that's, thank you, exactly. It's when, when they're pushing him out the door, he's like, I don't want the chicken flu. How'd you know about that? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, next, we have a montage of news stories about how the pandemic has caused the stock markets to decline, um, prophetically, especially the Asian stock markets. Uh, governments are collapsing, tsunamis, uh, overwhelmed hospitals, all of those attributed to the pandemic. Um, President Obama makes another address. As he's speaking, the power goes out. Hugh goes to the garage to fix the generator. He's frustrated all the work he's done has been for nothing. Jasmine encourages him and applauds him for being different. They finally get the generator working. Later, Huey walks into the living room to see that a number of unnecessary electronic devices being used. As Huey yells at them to stop using all the power, the power goes out again. Everyone in the house is listless with no power and nothing to do. Thugnificent is the first one to object. As they start to argue, and as they start to argue, a voice from the outside calls to Robert. It's Betty Von Hewson. Housen? Housen. Uh, once again, uh, voiced by, what's her name? Marion, Marion Ross. So that's the mom from Happy Days, right? Oh my gosh, was that her again? Yeah. She stayed in there. Right? Marion, right? Yeah. That was her name. Uh, she calls herself the leader of the Woodcrest Fried Chicken Flu Militia. Mr. Freeman, we are not leaving until you allow us in. That bitch must have lost her mind. We gotta do something. What should we do? It's in the plan. Did anyone read the plan? Well, you know, uh, you know, somebody read to me. You know, I people read to me. I did. Right. Hmm. Homemade tear gas. Homemade tear gas. That's an idea. Uh huh. Yeah, that's, that's an ideal it. response. That'll solve our problems. <laughs> that's an ideal response. That'll solve <laughs> all our problems. Well, you know, I was doing this and I was doing that. What had happened was, like, because <laughs> there was a time because didn't they say a week and a half in they were bored, and then mm -hmm. the whole power went out. Yep. And then, so we don't know. Once again, we don't know the amount of time that passes right. on the two drops, but you guys had time to read it. Like, even if you hadn't read it beforehand or at the beginning, but y'all still just coming up with tons of excuses. Yeah, unlike the the trip that Granddad took that he was only gone for, like, a day, uh, this one was at least a, a short period of time, although it doesn't expressly say. Well, uh, Thug Difficent says it's been a week and a half or something. Right. But, at one point, yeah. But that wasn't, like, yeah. like... Over the course no. of the entire episode. No, it's just this one, is that one, one, this is one of the only episodes that does not kind of establish how long something is taking. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we know they've been there for a little bit, but it could have been even longer after that at that point. So, anyway, they, we have kind of a montage of them making the um, tear gas, and then they all climb up on the roof and throw it at the, at the crowd, causing them to disperse. Uh, Jasmine asks Huey how to tell if someone has the fried chicken flu. As he explains the symptoms to Jasmine, we see Tom displaying those symptoms. They put Tom in bed and ask him how he got the flu. He just says, Leonard. Huey goes to the fridge to get the bag of food that Leonard brought. Leonard swears that he didn't feed Tom any chicken, just fries and buffalo wings. <laughs> As they're talking, Granddad is yelling at Thugnificent for sleeping with Tina. He kicks Leonard, Tina, and Thugnificent all out. Huh. Okay. Hey, where did Tina come from? Tina like, was the real. was whoever grand like she was. Do you think she was just a cutie? Yeah, just a cutie that he picked up and just brought cute, home. That's what I'm saying. Like needed a cutie pie. There was no story, but like where nope. did he find her? Like, but Tinder, she like, apparently Tinder. thought hey, it would be fine. Probably, if probably found her on also. Facebook. <laughs> probably. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was big back then, still. So, but I mean, 
she was in there just smacking cereal. Like, what did he expect? Like, mm-hmm. come on, come on. Another one. And he said, I thought she was for the, basically, he said, I thought she was for the streets, basically. Putting it in <laughs> 2021. <laughs> Um, she was here for all which, of us. Yeah. <laughs> what he referenced some song too that I can't remember. Uh for the homies or something yeah. like that. Yeah. There ain't no fun. He didn't say that, but that pretty much is what he said. Yeah. I mean yeah. I didn't pick the clip because I had already picked too many. <laughs> Same. But what tripped me out? <laughs> what tripped me out about this part is like Leonard, bless his heart. Yes. Is like <laughs> blamed for this shit you mean to tell me tom the district attorney becoming a public defender lawyer intelligent person didn't realize he was eating a buffalo chicken wing it wasn't chicken it was buffalo yeah okay okay so (laughs) i'm i'm only gonna say to be fair because um there are a lot of people who are uh how do i say this um not they they don't have as much useless triv- trivia and sometimes they don't even have useful trivia and you know there are a lot of people that found out for the first time that buffalo wings were made out of chicken oh, yeah. when Jessica oh, yeah. what's her bucket said it on the reality show all those years ago oh, um, that was tuna was chicken of the sea oh chicken of the sea no there was Beef. buffalo wings too oh, was it? yeah yeah she said it something was later. Buffalo she wings. Was like, well, they were they went to buffalo uh, they did something yeah like, Nick, my husband, hubby calls him Nick Latchkey. What do you call him? He knows his name. I was like, baby, knows Nick Lachey. Yeah. It's Lachey. There's no L-A-C-H-E-Y. There's no. Oh, my God. Stop it. Go ahead, Lindsay. Yeah. They went I am big on personal responsibility. And it's like. I'm thinking from Tom's perspective, you took your ass down to the fridge. Mm-hmm. You opened up this bag of fast food. Mm-hmm. You took out what looked like a chicken wing mm-hmm. and you, and you ate it. And it no tasted like a chicken. Thing. Yes. Right. And he knows, but it's Leonard's fault for yeah. being stupid. Leonard's yeah. so sweet. He's, oh my he's God. like Lenny from um, freaking. Of yes. Like, yes. He just, he's absolutely he, Lenny. You know, um, yeah, and he's that. just like look, literally like the Leonard. Door. Look at the flowers. Uh-huh. Look at the flowers. <laughs> um, like he's standing there with the door being shut in his face, and he's like, "I didn't mean to kill him. I just wanted to keep him alive. I didn't know the buffalo was chicken. I thought uh, it was buffalo." Like uh, I get that. I can empathize with you, brother. I get it. I'm sorry. And he was so like he really meant it when he was like, "No, I said I, I wanted to keep him alive." Burgers, this and buffalo wings. Yeah, stuff. I you stayed know, away from like, the chicken. You hear what I said? Uh, oh, but yeah. I mean. Once again, well, when Tom and, and his wife and Sarah came over, I was like, you have a house. <laughs> they didn't have any supplies, go close though. The door and lock it and then go over there. And like you left your daughter over there and said, come get me when you want. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to get her yet. So they would have never got in. But actually, nobody outside of Jasmine. You know, I, I would agree with you. Like, oh, her, then I'd be like, cool. Nobody. OK, I don't care. You didn't have like an, a you know a bunch of uh, hamburgers that were gonna regenerate. Those hamburgers were only lasting for a certain amount of time. So why let them in the house? Uh, I I don't see. I would have. Uh, yeah. I'm Ugh. in. If this was real life, um, I like I fully went into the buying of this house with the expectation of being a safe place for people to come to if something happened, like. You know, not not thinking that I could like feed everybody or whatever, but like shelter safety. 
we can garden and take turns doing things that we need outside of the house or whatever. Like if we need to, we can create a little community of oh. safety. Like I would bring people in. I wouldn't try to keep people, I have people land, out. Yeah. But right now you guys can camp in the front yard and then <laughs> use the bathroom and then, but yeah. I hear you I on this one too. See, uh, the simple thing would have been just to kick Jasmine out. True. But. That's, but he made the promise no, to Jasmine man. before the pandemic actually started. Like that yeah. was part of the plan, even though he didn't really want that to be the plan in the first place. Uh, <laughs> wasn't part of the original plan, but I mean, he, you know, revamped it. Yeah. I know we're going to get into this in a little bit, though. But like, even if you are not an empathetic kind, whatever, even if you're not one of these soft, lovey-dovey people, right? You got to think of like war and survival and strategy. That's what I kind of don't get about the pandemic. That's kind of what I don't get about class war and all of this shit. You guys have to think strategically. So even if you're not doing it from a place of your good, good heart, you keep pissing off enough people then they're going to show up at your place like uh, Miss Vander, whatever mm-hmm. her name was. And they're going to they're going to start taking you by force or if you've ever watched The Walking Dead or whatever. So in those situations, better that you kind of have a diplomatic approach than just or be ready to defend yourself. <laughs> like you, you better but have some guns then, or something. You know, the word's going to spread. Right. The, well, the the it's going to grow. People like how, you know, we're going to get to yes. it with you saying like we got to leave and the Mad Max stuff. Yes. But like, come on, people, you got to you got to think about this shit. Yeah, let's get into that right now, actually. Uh, Huey's concerned that Betty's militia will be coming back soon. So they have to make a plan to get out. They load up Dorothy with all the food and everyone. Dressed in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome outfits, Betty and the rest of her militia show up back to demand they be let in. By the way, Ruckus in that outfit just cracked my shit up. So I had to I had to rewind that scene the first time <laughs> and start it over because I laughed so hard I started crying. <laughs> I can't even think of the name of the character in Mad Max that wears like the mask but has like the leather harness <laughs> that Ruckus was dressed up in. It's a specific character. Master Blaster. Master Blaster. Thank you. Yes. So yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Master Fair Blaster. Weather Master Blaster. Like you went there first and was like, I won't say any of the shit that I normally say. I won't da 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 da. And then they didn't have you there and it was like, well, let's go to annoy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So just then the garage door opens and Dorothy screeches out into the street. Um, Betty and her militia give chase in Ruckus's bus, which apparently has way better speed than any school bus I've ever seen. That's what I'm uh, <laughs> And balance the number <laughs> of hits bro. that thing. Yeah. <laughs> can keep up with the old school car or whatever it's supposed right? to be. Right? Even if the that old school car wasn't that fast, school buses are awkward. And... That school bus, well, Dorothy had also been pimped up by yes, exhibit. that is true. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Even more reason why that bus should not have been able to keep up. Right? Uh, battle <laughs> commences with them trying to drive each other off the road. A couple of the militia people jump onto the car uh, and cut the ropes on the food and it scatters all over the street. Magnificent joins the fight in his delivery truck, ramming into the bus, causing it to flip over and allowing Robert, the boys, and the Dubois to escape. Uh, now, one little thing about this scene. It's the first time that Thugnificent calls Robert by his name. Instead of calling him an old nigga, he, he says, I love you, Robert. And basically saying, you know, run, run, get away from these fool-ass people. Uh, after he had his feelings hurt because they were kicked out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we end with a report 
about how the fried chicken flew and we're here at a Colonel's Fried Chicken outside of Woodcrest. It now seems that fried chicken flu was actually just salmonella. None of those millions of people projected to die have died. In fact, it appears nobody has died. We are being told there are still large areas without power, meaning many people are still not aware that the crisis has ended. We're going to go now to... Oh, wait, I I'm seeing something here. Uh, it looks like something coming right at us. It's Dorothy. They crash into the restaurant. They all concussed, order some chicken, and pass out. <laughs> and that's the end of the, the episode. What I took from this. Yes. Yeah, why I picked it is because it kind of ends with them doing the same shit you were doing mm -hmm. when the whole thing got started. All of this shit happened. Yeah, we learned, okay, it wasn't a real pandemic. It was just salmonella. But it, it kind of reflects back on that thing about entertaining different possibilities. Like, okay, let's say suddenly they say, oh, COVID's not real. It's just the, it's just a bad flu. We can, we can cure this or what. You have to kind of live in dual realities, I guess, or consider mentally dual situations and learn from it. That's the whole point in doing that is mm -hmm. to learn fucking something. Meanwhile, here in the real world where we have really faced a pandemic, people are so <laughs> eager to get back to doing the same shit you were doing yep. before the pandemic that not only are you reverting back to doing what you were doing, it's like you're going on 10 and we don't have to unpack this box, but like how they say people are going crazy on airplanes because mm. they've been cooped up for so long, they're overdoing it. Or this Astro World concert where people, yeah. I guess you're out and you're at a concert and you just crazy, fucking man. rage to the point that you're killing other people. Like That's you crazy. have, you've learned nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> Sorry, go, right? ahead. <laughs> go ahead. You know nothing, exactly. Like, and yeah. yeah, girl, keep preaching. Keep on. Right? Yeah, you were right on on that like, one. All over the place. Like, serious. It's just, it <laughs> keeps going. And, you know, it's again, it's that, it's the planning and the flexibility and the dual realities and just fucking thinking. That is what it is. And, like, learn something. Like, if I'm sitting here fantasizing, like, my husband, y'all, I'd be watching tarot videos all day while I work like it's just playing and sometimes I'm listening and sometimes it's just playing my husband's like why do you listen to this stuff it doesn't even relate to you like why if it's not your story why are you listening to this stuff and da 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 da, da. and I said I just like to think on the possibilities mm -hmm. I how people like to pretend I am so wise no nah, I just listen to too much fucking YouTube and I <laughs> ponder on it and in pondering on that bullshit you will come to different kinds uh, of understandings uh. like geez what would I do yep. if my brother wanted to marry my mother no shade to anyone who's in any kind of situation like that but like <laughs> you just think like what would I do in this situation in this reality and you learn from it here we are living in this crazy situation and this crazy reality that we have seen in movies like Mad Max and uh, Walking Dead and all other kinds of apocalyptic Outbreak. dramas. That. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. What's the other one? 24 days, 24 28 days you later. Know, they're all over the it place. Is, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you niggas have learned nothing. Really? Nothing. You learned nothing. This At wasn't all. the pandemic okay. that they expected. And this was not the end of the world that they wanted. Like, they were ready for like hand-to-hand -hand combat with zombies. Or the government.
Yeah. Or the government, right? It's like yeah. you failed. <laughs> you failed all the pre-tests, the practice <laughs> tests, and the field tests came, and you still failed. You still failed. And you still and you didn't learn anything. Any other, anything else you wanted to point out in this episode? Mm-mm. All right. I think, uh, are you ready, Miss? Welcome to Stupid White People Questions. You mean I'm going to stay this color? <laughs> How y'all doing? Good. <laughs> so we, uh, we did. This was the uh, Duke came, uh, provided this question for us week before last, but uh, because he was not around last week because he was he was ill, uh, we are doing it this week. So, uh, and this is something I've heard a number of times, and I'm so from so many well-meaning white folks, aka performative allies. I want to help black folks. How can I help? <laughs> Number one is educate yourself. That part. Yeah, he just goes off. So we could have probably done this last week because he just literally, literally fell asleep. No! Wake, his, <laughs> wake his ass up. I know. I know. So, um, Tell him to get off I Tina. Think, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, and I, I know we, all of us had something to kind of say when he first offered it up last week. But um, it, like you said, educate yourself. First and foremost, um, and then also know your audience. Yeah, because if you say that to the wrong person, you're not going to get the response that you wanted to get. You're not going to get the education that you need to get. You're going to get a tongue lashing and maybe something worse. The way that people are nowadays, you know, and that they snap. Well, just the expectation of you teach me instead of I'm going to go and figure out how I can best help you, and then maybe run some ideas by you. Do you think you could help with that? No, it's. You tell me what to do so that I can help you. That doesn't fucking work, dude. That uh, does not work. The answer was, why do you think we need your help? Right? Just be a person. Just be a human being. Like, we're not looking for you to be our savior. That's, that's where he was coming from. And she was giving some nice care and tears. And he's a nice, he's, he's a nice guy. You know, has a good heart. So and he doesn't like to see women cry no matter what. So he was just like, it's okay. But he was like, oh. he's trying to rationalize with her. And I was like, you can't. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, you can't. Because she's so deep in her feelings about how she can feel better that the point is still not getting across whatever you say. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's more of, you don't need to help. You just need to get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> you know? Well, no. The, if I mean, don't, be a hind- help, don't be a hindrance. Literally, the one thing that anybody out there can do to help is to learn what reality is. To find out what other people's perspectives are. There are thousands of books out there by black educators who are absolutely willing to give you their time and teach you this shit. You go and pay them money. They will teach you. You want to learn from me. You better be willing to pay me for that shit. Like I, I do that on this podcast and I do that for free. But I do that because I love this podcast. I'm not going to talk to some Joe Schmo on the street about how I feel about the black experience because fuck you I am not your fucking teacher like at this point I am so over that question like that's something you should have been asking since the 90s at least like when white people first started being performative about their allyship back when we had like Rodney King and 
and all these other very public deaths and um, injuries of black people in the 90s. And celebrities started being more proactive about that kind of stuff. But you didn't do shit with it. And so many people out there stopped getting more progressive than the mid 90s. Like it, it <laughs> which just blows me away that we are still fucking undoing shit that was popular thinking when I was in middle school. Like that, sh- that should be so over by now. Just go out and read a fucking book. Sh- What's go amazing though is that there is change because I don't think that like our parents and even before them, they didn't have a lot of change other than the civil rights movement. Right. We saw it. I can definitely tell that there's a change, but you know, once again, it's not my responsibility. I would rather you approach it as, let me get to know you as a person, care for you, and then it's, well, this is just another human being, so I want to, I want what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That's what it becomes. It doesn't come, it doesn't become like you're my freaking Wonder Woman. You're gonna just fly in and come to the rescue whenever I need. I, that's the, that's how I want my relationships to be. That's how I want people of other ethnicities to show that they appreciate and understand who I am. Black folks are not your project. No, not right? at all. <laughs> no. Or your guests. I have the counter view because I think a lot of people live in their in their bubble to an extreme. Like I think even people posing that question many times, it's like they are not even fully, for lack of a better word, quote unquote, woke. It's like something happened. So like when the death of George Floyd happened mm-hmm. and Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. really kind of ramped up in that moment. A lot of people were like, what in the fuck? Oh, my God. All this shit you've been telling me for centuries is real. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? And they may not have even had that deep of clarity achieved or whatever, but it shook them. And so I did it. Like I said, I had white friends reach out and check on me or whatever, whatever. Listen, I don't mind you asking me these questions, but granted, like I said, these were friends. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's I think like you guys were just saying earlier. That's the yeah. difference. Yeah. Like she had, she had but this here's my her. thing with that. And I'm, and he had to come to the point where he had to let her know. Oh, yeah, no, herself. no. That, so that was more apology. Yeah. But I get what you're lady, saying, too. Yeah. Because he told us part of that story. Now, to yeah. me, and I know I be throwing the word like narcissists mm. around a lot. That is a woman with narcissistic mm-hmm. tendencies yep. who's trying to play superhero and was also trying to play um, victim. Yeah. All in the same yeah. conversation yeah. from what I yeah. heard of that story. Yeah. Um, she just wanted to attention. Yeah. But here's what I'm going to tell all of you who are wondering. This is the biggest thing I think you can do. Check your motherfucking relatives and connections. Yes. Who are saying this racist, sexist, um, anti-transgender, anti-LGBTQIA, all that's You, not A, but... Check these motherfuckers. When the opportunity, when you're at Thanksgiving this year and yes. you guys are are breaking the wishbone mm-hmm. and uh, your cousin Jerome makes some racist ass oh. joke <laughs> about Native Americans or whatever, check that fucker. Yeah. That's what I need you to do. You have to do it, okay? Yeah. Don't, don't invite me over to dinner and have him making some racist jokes and then I'm just sitting there awkwardly. Check and that you go, motherfucker. That's just him. If it's coming from right. you. Yeah. And don't say, yeah. oh, he's old. Or, That's just well, you know how he is. Don't make excuses for them. Mm-hmm. Let them know. People are so, family is the one, like, constant that you're going to get into it with. That you're, oops, some of you're going to like, some of you're not going to like. This is why people don't like going to holidays with their families, <laughs> because it's always some shit. So if you know what's going to happen, go ahead and just don't be afraid of 
at least confrontation that could hopefully change someone's mindset. You know, when you don't want to get into it because they're asking you when you're going to get pregnant and where your boyfriend or girlfriend is, that's completely different than stopping them and their, their toxic thoughts. Don't be afraid of the confrontation. At that confrontation, when you're cutting your very bland pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie, neither of which I like, (laughs) but whatever it is, you know, like, I mean, facts, Lindsay, like, like you said, be accountable. Like if you don't feel that way, it's your job to educate others that do. It's not my job to educate Mm you. So I totally agree. And let me give a quick disclaimer now. Y'all don't be going to work and checking your manager. About his racist jokes. Okay? I mean, check your manager if you're ready to, yeah. you know, ready to quit. That's totally, yeah. Like I support right. you on that. Don't be right. <laughs> like if you going, got that I lost my job like, because of you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Pick your battles and pick where you battle. That's why I say check your people. Check your motherfuckers at the Thanksgiving table and whatever, whatever. I'm public. I understand, y'all. You gotta, you know, whatever. Fake the funk. Do whatever right. it is you're doing so you can get, you know, yeah. But so you can survive. Yeah. You're right. Absolutely. But your people, you better check those motherfuckers. Yes. That's why I'm if you want to help your people. Just say. That's why we say that. That's what that, that's what mm-hmm. that statement means. Yeah. It's your folks. We want yep. you to handle that. Because if not, I'm going to have to and it's going to be problems. See, we try to be diplomatic. We give you guys opportunities. You guys just don't listen to the slang and the terms that we use. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that's that. <laughs> Here. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I think that's good for today. Perfect timing before you guys start picking up on that. Oh yeah. All right. All of you listeners out there, don't forget we have all of the social media things, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, We have a Patreon that you can uh, subscribe to. And if you are not a Patreon patron, tonight's episode has been probably about an hour and a half. If you are a Patreon member, uh, we are clocking in right now at about three hours and 10 minutes coming up. So lots of content out there that you are not hearing. And not all of it is just bullshitting about reality TV and politics. <laughs> so don't have FOMO. Don't be like, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. Just go ahead and subscribe. Dollar. Us, you know? Throw a buck at us a month and you can listen to our, our lovely voices as much as you want. <laughs> Instead of listening to your racist uncle at Thanksgiving. Right. Just saying. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. Oh, and also for that racist uncle. Let him hear some real talk. You can put us on. <laughs> Before I forget, we yeah. should also mention we are going to have a live episode for the season finale, season three finale. Uh, that's going to be no- the evening of November 30th, so the last day of November. Um, Dean will put all of the information in the show notes, and probably there will be lots of promos and all kinds of shit, but... Hang out with us for the last episode of this season. It'll be the last episode of the year and the last one for Dean and I before we move out of this house. Um, and, uh, of course, Letter Kenny will be starting back up. So, uh, you know, we'll be doing that again in January or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, yeah we'll be else? back in January for season four. And hopefully yes. we'll have some news about season five or yes. if they're call- if they're calling it that or if that's going to be the reboot or whatever they're calling it. But. Really yeah. quickly, I just want to say yeah. happy birthday <laughs> to you, uh-huh. to our awesome producer. 
the handsome man, the one who gets his, you know, his uh, his card. We're gonna, you know, give him his proverbial black card. <laughs> Thank you, love. Yes, he he is out there on the Twitters doing all the fighting that none of us have the energy to fucking do anymore. <laughs> yeah, I tweet good stuff, but I get checking stuff off. his people, right? That's right. Checking his people and checking everybody else's people. I, I always yeah, ask he's them. Got that privilege. I always ask them for their address too. They'd never give it to me. Why? <laughs> oh, I? Oh, I? I would prefer <laughs> if you waited until after I was no longer with you before you did violence. <laughs> I have chosen violence. <laughs> I just want to talk to him. That's it. I just want to talk to him. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No. Face, face, All right, ladies. Face. Anything else you want to shout out before we go? No love to everybody. You guys have a great week. Mm-hmm. Anything else? No. No. All right. Then we'll see y'all soon. Love y'all. Bye. Don't take this the wrong way, bud. I need you to get the hell up out of here. Thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for The Color Ruckus. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.